listening to PetLifeRadio.com. The Obehave Show is sponsored by Beneful Brand Dog Food. Play. It's good for you. It's Obehave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Okay, listeners, I want you to count yourself doggone lucky. That's because our special guest is arguably the top person on the planet when it comes to cat and dog behavior. You know what? She knows how to find that mute button for marathon barkers and how to stop frustrated felines from litter box boycotts and so much more. And she's about to embark on a national bus tour. It's called the SIVA's Keep the Love Alive Behavior Express Tour 2012. And in this instance, love stands for something really important. I know love is important for all of us, but it's a new meaning that we all should embrace. It stands for leaning on veterinary expertise. Now, our special guest isn't going to be driving the bus, but she certainly will be steering pet guardians toward the right solutions for their behavior issues. Now, listeners, I am so glad that we have her as our guest. I want you to give who I regard as the top veterinary behaviorist. Everybody give it up. Pause and applause to the one and only Dr. Deborah Horowitz. Welcome back, Dr. Horowitz. Thank you. It's been a long time. I'm glad to be back. I know. This is your third time on our show, and so we're going to try to be quite charming to you. How's that? That's good. Three times right. charm. I'm ready. <laughs> Now, everybody, we're going to learn about this special bus tour and what Dr. Horowitz has in common with Justin Bieber and former presidential candidate John McCain right after we take this commercial break. So, everybody, sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. For furry ones, actually, sit and stay. Obehave will be right back. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the O Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. She's back. And the third time is a charm. Our special guest today is Dr. Deborah Horowitz. 
She's a veterinarian and former president of the American College of Veterinary Behaviorists. She was also named Small Animal Speaker of the Year at the North American Veterinary Conference. And I have attended many of your conferences at uh, both uh, the North American Veterinary Conference and the one in Vegas at Western Vet. And you know what, Dr. Horowitz, each time I learn something new from you. So I really appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. And you know what, folks, Dr. Horowitz really knows cat. She really knows dog. And she really knows how to bridge the communication gap between people and pets. So before we begin all the behavior talk, even though the show's called Oh Behave, I wanted to at least keep you guys from lingering any longer. Now, let's try to answer the question I pitched you before the break. So what exactly does Dr. Horowitz share in common with singing sensation Justin Bieber and former presidential candidate John McCain. All right, let's ask the good doctor first. So, Dr. Horowitz, are you a pop singer wannabe? No. Okay, but you're going to be on a national bus tour like Justin Bieber, right? Well, I doubt I'll find that same adoring crowds, you know. There probably aren't going to be a lot of preteens or teens (laughs) screaming at any place I show up. So, I don't think it's going to really be like a Justin Bieber tour, uh, well, uh, you know what, though? I think you rock on when it comes to helping us with pets. Well, so there, there might be some on. dogs and cats out there going, woof, woof, meow, meow. Yeah, there you go. Those might be my people. But, of course, I hope all the dogs are on leash and all the cats are in their houses, so they'll have to do it from the confines of where they live. <laughs> all right. Now, the second part of that question was, you know, what do you have in common with John McCain? Now, do you have any political aspirations? I do not have any political aspirations. So the one commonality, though, that you share with John McCain is what? Can you want to share, let the cat out of the bag, so to speak? Well, I heard a rumor that the bus we have is the bus that he used, but I don't know if that's true. Is that what you're alluding to? Yeah, yeah. So you know what? When it comes to resolving pet behavior issues, you've got my vote, Dr. Horowitz. Well, great. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, I um, was voted Small Animal Speaker of the Year at North American in 2012, so so I guess I was sort of running for office unbeknownst to me, and so it's probably as far as I'll go. <laughs> well, I think that's a pretty good uh, accolade to achieve. Seriously. Oh, I think it's wonderful. I really appreciate uh, I love going to your things. Your sessions are packed, and I see a lot of your colleagues going, oh, really? And you have <laughs> wonderful videos, and you have a nice a sense of humor in the sessions. Okay. A lot of the sessions, i got to confess, I call it the three Bs, Bleacher Butt Brigade. You're sitting there going, <laughs> But not with yours. Seriously, you keep us engaged and entertained and also informed, which, you know, that's what we need, right? Well, I love to do that. I like to share what I know, and I like to help veterinarians learn more about behavior so that they can help people keep their pets. And that's what this tour is about, Lean on Veterinary Expertise. It's an opportunity for us to really get out there and talk to pet owners and let them know that we can help with these behavior issues and hopefully really our goal is to cut down on pet relinquishment, is, right. uh, to stop animals being sent to shelters because of their behavior. About 26% of people give us a primary reason for giving up their pet a behavior problem. And most of these animals that end up in shelters are between one and three years of age, which means early on that bond just didn't form. And any of us who've owned a puppy or a kitten know that those first few years are kind of tough. Yeah, <laughs> And ma- many of those behaviors are normal dog and cat behaviors. They're unwanted, but they're normal and they're annoying. And we can really help with that. We can really 
show people how to help their dogs and cats fit better into their households so they can keep them, so they can share that love for a long, long, happy life. Well, let's get a little backstory. How did you get approached about this Keep the Love Alive Behavior Express Tour? And you do a lot, and you're everywhere. You have more zip codes under your belt than I think uh, (laughs) Justin Bieber may even. So how did you hop on board this campaign? Well, I've been a supporter of SIVA and their pheromones for quite some time. And last year, one of the sessions that I did at the North American Veterinary Conference was an evening session sponsored by SIVA that was about puppy and kitten behavior, how to make those lifelong bonds, how Mm -hmm. to deal with some of those problems. And I think that that might have hit a chord with the people, a note with the people at SIVA that at that time they hadn't really thought about doing the bus tour, but then I think it's sort of maybe set off a little bit of a bell inside their heads that, yeah, if we could really get people out there knowing how to do this and going to their veterinarians, maybe we'd get them to keep more pets. So I don't know for sure. They didn't tell me why they they picked me, but maybe because I was the small speaker of the year. I don't know. I think that's great. And let's talk a little bit about the tour. I want everyone, after the show is done, your request, my request for you is to check out two websites. The first one, get your pins ready. It's keep thelovealivetour.com. It's a long one, but if you think about it, it's easy to remember. Keepthelovealivetour.com. And that has all the details of this major behavior tour that Dr. Horowitz is embarking on. The second one is her own website that is just full of great information. She's based in St. Louis, and she is with Veterinary Behavior Consultations. So it makes it really sense. It's V as in Victor, B as in Boy, C as in Cat, S T L. So V B C S T L E I E I O dot com. Just kidding, just kidding. But E I E I O. Come on, So, you know, you touched upon something that maybe people need to know a little bit more. We've got a great doctor in the house, so please explain what the heck pheromones are for our dogs and cats and how products like Feel Away and Adaptil really do seem to have some good benefits for our pets with behavior. Well, pheromones are natural substances that are put out by the body, and I I think probably all species put out different kinds of pheromones. Pheromones that we as humans are most aware of are the pheromones that attract men and women to one another. So those are common pheromones, and those type of pheromones exist among all species. It's one way that the male and the female of the same species find one another. But Mm -hmm. there are lots of other pheromones. There are pheromones that help ants follow the track of of the ant trail. So these are chemical substances that are very species-specific. So the pheromones for a dog don't have an effect on a cat, and the pheromones for a cat don't have an effect on a horse, and they're very species-specific. And about, I guess about 10 or 15 years ago, a scientist was able to analyze these pheromones and then make synthetic copies of them, which are now available as Adaptal, which is for dogs, and Feelaway, which is for cats. Adaptal is based on the pheromone that's put out by the mammary gland of a nursing dog, okay. and it calms the puppy. It makes them feel more comfortable and calm. And feel away. Those of you who are cat owners have probably seen cats <laughs> rub on everything in sight. They, and when they're rubbing, they're doing a number of things. But one of the primary things they're doing is laying down a scent trail, an odor trail, that leaves behind material in the glands on the side of their face. And feel away 
is one of those factions, one part of that. And one of those scents that's laid down is the cat's way of saying, this is my place, I belong here. Kind of like when you, we talked earlier before we got in the air about travel and how I travel and you travel. And I don't know about you, but one of the things <laughs> I miss when I'm away from home is all my stuff in its right place, you know? Right. You, you want to just come home and... I don't know, sit at your kitchen counter and drink your coffee because that's comfortable, right? So we all have things, especially humans, we have routines that make us feel comfortable. And dogs and cats have odors that make them feel comfortable. So adaptable in the environment helps calm a, a dog. And feel away in the environment helps make a cat feel more comfortable. Ah, this is familiar. I know this place. And that's what they're used for is to help calm dogs and cats in certain situations where we know they might be anxious or worried or maybe even frustrated. Moving is a great example of where these pheromones really help. Travel to and from the veterinary hospital, another great example. I have a cat. Well, I had a cat. She passed away. Most beautiful cat in the world. But she was not a good car traveler, or was she good about spending time away from home. But a couple of sprays of feel away in her carrier, or if she had to be hospitalized in her cage, and she was much better, much calmer. And much what's her, calmer. what was her name? What was your late great cat? Her name was Mia. She was Mia. a Himalayan. Aww. Her name was Mia, and she was the most beautiful cat in the world, of course. Oh, okay. We're not going to start a cat bite and challenge that. Well, We've doesn't got... every cat owner think their cat's <laughs> the most beautiful cat in the world? Well, you're going to go to the zoo, I guess. You're going to start this whole tour at a zoo. In San Diego, yeah. right. So right. let's get a little details. We've told everybody that they can go, please go to keepthelovealivetour.com for a lot of the specs. But you're going to monkey around or what? You're going to go to the San Diego Well, actually, the uh, tour is being launched at the American Veterinary Medical Association annual meeting, which is in San Diego this year. And August 2nd will be the launch for what we in the veterinary community call the trade. That's where we're going to be inviting veterinarians and people who work in the industry, media people like yourself, to find Mm -hmm. out about the tour. But the the actual beginning of the tour, where the tour is really going to get into high gear, will be when it hits its first stop. And I'm almost afraid to say that I have to look this up. But the first stop, I believe, is going to be, I think it's It's the first stop is Chicago. Yeah, my hometown. The first stop's in Chicago. And at each of the cities where they stop is going to be a pet fair. So at each city, there's going to be a pet fair, and at these pet fairs will be veterinarians and veterinary behaviorists and other veterinarians interested in behavior where you, as a owner, pet owner, can talk to them about some of your concerns and uh, learn more about Adaptable and Feel Away, learn how your veterinarian can help you. You can get a health and questions answered, and it's going to be kind of like a, a fun fair. There'll be face painting for kids, and there'll be giveaways. They, um, in each city that we go to, we start in Chicago, then we go to New York, then Kansas City, then Dallas and Atlanta, and end up in L.A. So and you're going first, from August 11th to September 30th. You're going to cover right. 12,500 miles. Wow. Now we're going all over the country. So the goal is to really give as wide a spectrum of the country as we can the information that we think is so important. This tour is co-sponsored by the American College of Veterinary Behaviorists. 
which I am a member. And you're past president, aren't and you? And I'm past president. Yeah, veterinary okay. behaviorists are veterinarians who specialize in behavior, and we're what we call board certified. We've had additional training. We have taken a lot of courses. We've published an article, written some case reports, and then we got to sit for a two-day exam. Those of us who are board certified, that's our our sole practice pretty much is seeing behavior cases. So there will be board certified veterinary behaviorists at all the stops, myself and others who live close by. But we feel very strongly that veterinarians are a great resource about behavior. We deal with animals every day. So we know what dog and cats do. But the other thing I think that makes it so important to go to your veterinarian is very often a change in behavior is the first sign of a medical problem. And that's, of course, our bailiwick is veterinary medicine. So not only can your veterinarian assess the behavioral health, but it can assess the medical health. And sometimes the two things happen hand in hand. They go together. And the final thing that I think veterinarians bring to the table is all of us have been dealing with owners and their pets for such a long time, we really understand that pet owner bond. We see it from the moment they bring that new puppy and kitten through that adolescence, through those minor illnesses, and all the way to old age. We understand how people are bonded to their pets and how devastating it is when anything goes wrong, whether it's a medical problem or a behavioral problem. And we want to reach out, the American College of Veterinary Behaviorists and all the other veterinarians want to reach out to people and say, come on. Let us help you. Don't give up your pet. We're speaking with Dr. Deborah Horowitz. She is going to be the person, the face for the Keep the Love Alive Behavior Express Tour. It's being uh, brought to you by SIVA, which makes uh, Feel-Away and Adaptal. And we're going to quiz her on a couple of cat and dog behavior issues. After- you can yeah. tell me about quizzes. Ah, come on. Don't feel. You can do it. You can do okay, it. Okay. Um, All right. I, I, I'm going to really put my thinking cap on now. <laughs> Okay, and I want everybody, too, to dash over, please, to the uh, KeepTheLoveAliveTour.com website. But we got to take a quick commercial break so we can stay alive on this show. So, everybody, please, just sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Landers of Dallas Fame. You have got to listen to Arden Moore on OBK on PetLifeRadio.com. Bringing together pets, people, and more. It's true and it's fun. <laughs> We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to OBK. Here's Arden. 
Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm having a great time. We've got the best veterinary behaviorist on the planet, probably in the solar system, but I haven't been to Mars or Pluto yet. We're speaking of, of course, Deborah Horowitz. Her initials are DVM, D-A-C-V-B. Woo-hoo-hoo. That means she's a veterinarian, folks, and she is board certified in behavior. This lady knows what ails our pets and what makes them bring their A game. So... In this tour, she's going to go all over the country on a bus. And you know what, Dr. Horowitz, there's some common pet behaviors I know you're going to be addressing. I want to ask you if you can just deal with urine marking for cats. People think that a cat stops boycotting the litter box because they're being spiteful. So are cats really being spiteful or what happens when they just suddenly stop making their deposits in the right place, the litter box? Well... Non-litter box use is probably one of the main reasons that people end up giving up their cats. And it really falls into two categories. There are cats that are using some other location as their toilet. So the mm-hmm. cats are urinating and defecating, not in the litter box, but some other place. Like your pillow? Like your pillow or your shoes <laughs> or your gym bag. But, nice. but okay. there are also cats who are urine marking. And urine marking is different than going to the toilet. Uh, a few moments ago, I spoke about how cats leave a a scent message with their cheeks. Well, they also leave a scent message when they urine spray, when they leave the urine on a vertical surface. So Mm -hmm. toileting for a cat is usually on our floor. It's a flat surface. But urine marking is often on a vertical surface or in a place that's really prominent because actually what the cat's trying to do is leave a message. It may be a message that says, to other cats, go away. It may be a message that I'm very frustrated But it's a message, and so it's going to be in a more prominent place than Mm -hmm. when a a cat who's who's not using their litter box. So having made that distinction, the first thing I need to say is that it's really important to get a medical workup if your cat's not using the litter box because there are plenty of medical problems that will make a cat drink more water or urinate more frequently. And the first time we might actually notice is that they're eliminating in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. So we need to go to the veterinarian and make sure that they have a good health workup. Okay, so once we've done that, sometimes, even though they might have a medical problem, after we fix that, the elimination outside the litter box continues. And that often happens for a number of different reasons. One reason is, a very common reason is, the toilet we've provided for them is not what they like. (laughs) And so what I often tell people to, you know, usually when I see someone with a behavior problem in their pet, it's this misunderstanding of, how the dog or the cat looks at the world and how we look at the world. So what cats expect in their toilet is actually not a lot different than what we expect in our toilet, but sometimes we forget that. And an example that I give to people is, you know, if you have to go to the restroom in a conference center and you go into a whole long line of restrooms and you open up the stall and somebody hasn't flushed the toilet, <laughs> I ask this in lectures, I say, what do you do? And do you use that toilet? And everybody says, no, we go to the next one. Well, so if the cat's toilet we provided for them is not clean, then maybe they won't use it. And cleanliness can mean different things to different cats. There's some cats who want that pristine litter box. Every time they eliminate in the box, they want it scooped out and clean. There are other cats who are a little more tolerant. Some cats are very particular about how much litter or what type of litter. Also, where it is. So we all know that there are toilet locations that don't make us particularly happy. Like the example I use here in St. Louis, we have something in the fall called the Streisand Fest. Okay. We have a 
big beer producing town. So Strassenfest <laughs> is a German yeah. festival, and there's a lot uh, of beer. Yeah. And the only available toilets are porta potties. Of well, course. the example I make is that going into the porta potty at ten in the morning at the Strassenfest might not be so bad, but at ten o'clock at night it might be a different experience. Uh, yeah. So sometimes. But if you got to go, well, you know, we're going to go into the porta potty. But if a cat has the whole house, they may find a cleaner place or a quieter place. And that brings up another issue. Sometimes the place we have the litter box, it's a little too noisy. Or we have lots of cats in the house and the cats don't get along. So one cat can't get to the litter box or it gets attacked by the other cat. So the bottom line is they're not being spiteful. They're basically telling us, I, I just don't really like my toilet. Could you give me another one? And that's Can a lot I have a feline bidet, please? A bidet? Is that its way? Yeah, so that a lot of what we do is try to figure out, well, what is it that the cat doesn't like? Is it the place, the filler, the other cats? So you're playing oh. a little bit of cat detective, which is probably important if you want your house to smell nice, right? It is important. And the cat doesn't want the house to smell bad either, by the way. The right. cat is looking for, and they don't want their litter box to smell either. So they're looking for a toilet that is quiet, clean, and safe. And you know what? I can identify with that. You know? uh, absolutely. That's what it is in, in many of the cases. Urine marking is a little bit of a different scenario, but I don't know if we want to... Well, we can go into urine marking a little bit, but I, I think this is really important about the litter box boycotting or going somewhere else. And you touched upon that. That's being a flat surface. And your code words are quiet, clean, safe. And, and I, I guess it would be lots of boxes. Some, you know, yeah. Yeah. Lots of boxes. Okay. So just briefly, urine marking. I love talking about pee, poop, and puke with an expert like you. So hit it, Dr. Horowitz. Well, urine marking for most cats, and urine marking, again, is when the cat, uh, or urine spraying as it's often called, is when the cat backs up to a vertical surface and ejects usually, but not always, a small amount of urine backwards. So you may see the urine run down onto the floor, but if you use a black light especially, you'll see about, I don't know, tail height, yeah. eight <laughs> inches off the ground. You'll see the a spot of urine, and it may run down. So... That is a cat that's leaving a message. And very often cats are bothered by other cats outside roaming around. They might be spraying outside saying, hey, you're stuck in here, but I got your territory out here, which the cat might find a little frustrating. Yep. It can happen when there are multiple cats in the household who don't necessarily get along. Maybe they don't have their resources spread out enough so they don't have to encounter one another. Think of it as if you work in a big office with lots of cubicles Mm -hmm. and you happen to have uh, your cubicle surrounded by a bunch of really noisy people and you spend all day on the phone, you might find it a little bit difficult to do your job if it was really noisy. And that might lead to some frustration and, and you might not urine mark, but you might be a little grumpy. So if there You are might want to tell somebody to pee off, right? <laughs> you might. Yes, you might. There you are. Talk about that you, you don't like to behave earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes. And, and the other reason that cats sometimes might urine mark is, is a change in, in the social environment. I really like to have people kind of put themselves in their pet's head. We often have a lot of changes in our life. And change isn't bad, especially if it's initiated by us. And if we're ready for change, we know what's going to happen. And we've convinced ourselves or we've made the preparations that the change is going to be okay. But you know what? When that change happens, our pets may not be equipped to deal with it. So very often we forget, I knew I was going to be gone for three weeks on this job assignment. So I've 
had my bills forwarded and I stopped my mail and I stopped the paper and -and so-and-so's coming in to water the plants and -and so-and-so's coming in to take care of the cat. But we weren't able to adequately prepare the cat for that change in social interaction. So that may lead to frustration and anxiety. That could lead to urine marking. It could potentially lead to non-litter box use, but more likely it's going to lead to urine marking. It could lead to um, not eating. So very often changes that we think, well, that's not such a big deal. I knew I needed to do that. We can't necessarily prepare our pets, and they're going to react the way only way they can, which is going to be by doing a cat-like behavior, which might be urine marking, or if they have claws, it might be an increase in scratching, or crying, meowing all the time, any number of things, because those are the tools that are available to them. So back to that, is the cat out to spite me? No, they're just using the tools available to say, something's wrong here, either I have an infection, or I'm unhappy, or I'm stressed. Now, feel away would be a, a good tool to have in this, but also, how do we get our cats to know, hey, sometimes I'm going to be on a long trip, but I'm going to make sure that, you know, your routine is as normal as possible. Well, there are lots of different ways that you can help with that. I think feel away is a good adjunct to have in the household if you've got a cat that's going to be undergoing change, and I would use a feel away diffuser in the areas where the cat spends their time, depending on the size of your house, you may need more than one. Okay. Another thing I would do would be to... I personally, this is kind of a personal opinion, it depends on the cat. Some cats do better at their house. Some cats do better, actually, even though people don't think so, in a boarding facility. And and I'll tell you why. Some cats are very social. And so it depends on how often someone comes to the house. They may not get that social interaction. Somebody comes and they stay for five or ten minutes. The cat may be sleeping at the time they come. The cat may find it unfamiliar that someone comes in the front door because people don't usually come in the front door and doesn't come out, but they may miss their social interaction. So take into account what your cat likes and what's the time of day they're used to these maintenance routines. Okay, that's a good point. Example, my cat Mia, you know, I would fill her bowl twice a day and I'd scoop her litter box twice a day. And that happened first thing in the morning. I'm a pretty early riser, so it would happen somewhere between 6.30 and 8. And -hmm. then again, uh, sometime after dinner around dinner time, between 4 and 7. So that's when she was used to getting her needs met, right? Right. Well, depending on what the pet sitter's routine is, that pet sitter might not come till noon. And like I said, change is hard. So that could be disconcerting for the animal that, gee, they didn't clean it out till noon, but I went overnight and it's dirty and I want it clean before I go again in the morning. You know, those types of things that are important to the cat that we might not think about. So if you can structure that type of, keep that same pattern, it really does help for the cat and the dog, and dogs that, that are left with pet sitters and things like that, that you keep as much to their, their same routine of expectations. It's not just putting down the food, and it's not just taking them outside. It's some of those other routines they're used to, for example, somebody maybe sits and watches TV for two hours every night and the, the dog's on their lap or on the couch on the floor with them. And, you know, depending on your dog or even depending on your cat, they may miss that interaction. So you got to think about those kinds of things. 
you touched upon something very important. You said you like to get people to put themselves in their pet's head and do things that are part of their routine. And I know when I go traveling, I have some professional pet sitters and I have some really, really great neighbors that are totally into the pets. We're good friends. We have long lists that we leave each other and we do put some of the Chipper, Cleo, Murphy and Zeke's routine. Others may snicker, but I, you know, you're telling us something very good that look, That'll probably mean less behavior issues if you can stick to a routine that they feel comfortable. It really does. Uh, when my, I have an adult son, he lives near me, and when he and his wife travel, I go take care of their cats. And nobody usually comes in the front door. So when mm-hmm. someone comes in the front door, the cats run. But I come in the front door when I feed the cats. And so it happened that over the last year, they've been traveling a lot. So I've come off, and then now their cat doesn't run away and hide when he hears the front door once they've been gone for a day or so. He okay. kind of figures out, oh, that's uh, Debbie coming over to, to feed me. And so I see him and we talk and his name's Tiger. <laughs> we have a little conversation. I give him a couple of pets and uh, sometimes I take a picture with my phone and I email it to my son and my daughter-in-law so they can see how Tiger's doing. And, and uh, so he's gotten used to that change. It just worked out for him. Their other cat, I, I never see her <laughs> when I'm there. I can tell that she uses her litter box, and, and, you know, I can tell that they're eating. But that's one of the things that I, you know, I talk, I email them and say, you know, I haven't seen Tortie's her name. And sometimes, sometimes I do see a little glimpse of Tortie as she runs to hide when I come to the door, and I email them. But, you know, they're not used, they're not used to that change. They're just not. They don't know who you are? I mean, seriously. I mean, if I was a cat, I'd be like, come on in, Dr. H. You're the best. Well, you know, <laughs> here's something interesting about cats that, that I'd like to throw out there. Okay. What people forget about cats is this. Cats are, felines, are one of the most prolific and efficient predators on the planet, from our little cats to the big cats. They're wonderful predators. I don't know if wonderful is the right word, but they're terribly mm-hmm. efficient, good predators. But our little cats are also something unique. They're a predator that's also prey. Okay. Okay? So that means that while you're very efficient at catching, killing, and eating things, somebody might want to catch and kill you. Yep. So when you are also prey, what is your normal defense mechanism? Hide. Run and hide. Right. Run and hide. Because it is somewhat hardwired to run and hide because... If you stand around too long, what happens to you? Uh oh. <laughs> not good. So that's why so many cats may run and hide. Now, we also have the differences in personality and temperament of various cats. So, my son's cats, hopefully, you won't mind that I talk about his cats, but Tiger is so outgoing and loving. You, you come and he flops in front of you, wants you to pet him. And Tortie, their other cat's just a very shy cat. She's actually a feral cat that they've rehabilitated, brought into her house. Mm -hmm. And she's really only okay with about three people. So she's a shy, timid cat. If we're in her house long enough, we might see her. But I only usually have to be in their house about five or ten minutes. And, And Tiger comes out and he'll jump in my lap and all those kinds of things. But when they're home and they come through the front door, it's a little bit different than when nobody's home. So, you know, it's, it's not maladaptive for Tiger and Tordy to go, nobody's home and they never come through the front door. Who is it? It's not maladaptive. It's a normal cat response to something that could be frightening. 
I gotcha. And Dr. Horowitz, let's switch over to the canine world. There's a lot of reasons that dogs, unfortunately, are surrendered to the shelter. I knew the original, I knew Marley, and I knew John Grogan, and that dog had major, major, major separation anxiety and a dash of thunderstorm phobia. So is separation anxiety one of the big ones that lead dogs to get taken to shelters? Well, I don't know that we actually know how prevalent various behavior problems are, but if we Mm -hmm. look at the ages of dogs that end up in shelters, I can tell you that probably, in fact, we have research that tells us that the most common reasons that dogs end up in shelters are destruction, chewing, running away, barking, jumping up, digging, and aggression towards people. Well, jumping up, barking, chewing, digging, these are dogs' ideas of fun. So (laughs) there are things that dogs normally do, and so many of the behaviors that frustrate people are ones that we can really help. We can help. We can definitely help separation anxiety. We can help storm phobic dogs. And I do think that there are some dogs that are given up where the owners just think they're destructive and they do have separation anxiety. But I would say that our research tells us the vast majority of dogs that end up in shelters are there because they were more work than expected. They engage in a behavior they don't like. They rarely visit their veterinarian. That's another reason people give up their pets is that we see that they have very little veterinary input, which maybe leads them to not understand normal behavior. And also if the advice they got, the behavioral advice that they got was from someone other than a veterinarian. So, again, this tour comes right back to that. By going to your veterinarian for vaccinations but also for information Some of these things that you think are just a bad dog may be normal but unwanted dog behaviors, and we can help, and you don't have to give your pet up because nobody feels good about that. And so many animals that go into shelters don't come out. I applaud you and Siva and the whole American uh, College of Veterinary Behaviorists. Yes, thank you very much for teaming up for this because I have too much and I have two cats and they came from the streets and from shelters and my dog was a three-time shelter reject who's now my teacher's pet in my pet first aid class. And I think you're right. There's Sometimes we just don't know dog and we don't know cat, but there are fortunately people of your caliber out there that are going to help people understand how to really bridge that communication gap between us and our pets because I don't know they're the best asset I have in my life they're better than a million dollars oh yeah we're going to try and teach how to speak dog and cat all right now uh, before we say goodbye you know there's some cool places you're going is there anything you're doing mentally physically to prepare for life on the road 12,500 miles well I'm trying to prepare myself to be hot Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, physically hot. It's going to yeah. be hot in Atlanta. It's good. So I got the sunscreen. I got the hat, the bustle of water. So, and I'm excited to meet all kinds of people and their pets and hear their great stories, help them if I can. But really, it's also a celebration of pets. The pet fairs are a celebration of pets. There's going to be lots of information for people about pet-related things, about how to adopt pets. It's just, we all want the same thing. We all want to love our dogs and cats from the time they're puppies and kittens until their old age and that they always bring us joy and happiness. 
Now, folks, you can donate dollars, a dollar, a paw for the cause donation. There are right. going to be some T-shirts available. So if you dash over to keepthelovealivetour.com, you're going to find some more details. Is there anything in the bus that you're so excited, an amenity on the bus that you are I haven't very been happy? in the bus, so I can't answer oh, that. Oh, well, hopefully there's plumbing. Maybe there's a oh, toilet. Of course. Well, there's no litter box there, there for you, right? John McCain's <laughs> going to be in a bus with no plumbing? <laughs> I wonder if he's written his name or somewhere, you know, with a magic marker. Not John McCain. He's a gentleman. He's he a wouldn't gentleman. do that. No, he wouldn't do that. But I, I think it's great. You're going to go all over the country. And, you know, if anybody gets a chance, you know, get a chance to get to hear Dr. Deborah Horat speak. She's based in St. Louis, but she does go all over this planet. And she really does connect the dots for people and their pets. And you really have a gift. I mean, I'm just saying that sincerely. I usually don't get this giddy. But, you know, you really are helping people. And that means that we get to have pets be our companions for many good years. Well, I am really glad to be on the show to spread the word about behavior and about this tour. So, Arden, thank you so much. And uh, I think we were silly enough, not too silly, right? No, no, we're good. We're good. So I want everyone, again, dash over, please, to keepthelovealivetour.com. It's being sponsored by SIVA. It kicks off in August 11th and ends up on September 30th, but all the details are on that website. And then I want you to check out the good doctor, Deborah Horowitz. She has also a website, and I'm going to do this hopefully correctly. It is V as in Victor, B as in Boy, C as in Cat, S as in Sam, T as in Tom, L as in lullaby i guess so v-p-c-s-t-l but here's the thing it's veterinary behavior consultation st louis it's really easy once you get that right those of us in the know just call st louis (laughs) s-t-l yeah there you go so i'm glad you've been on third time's a charm you're doing a great work and at this time also i want to thank my cool producer mark winter he makes this show happen each and every week I want you all to dash over to the Pet Life Radio Network. We are 6 million plus strong in listeners. So that means not all of them are our relatives. That's good news. Um, But we have great shows, great guests. And you know what? We have everything for every kind of pet on the planet. So you just listen to the top, arguably, in my humble opinion, best veterinary behaviorist. And you got to listen to her. So share this with your friends. So until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave! Coast to coast and around the world, it's Oh, Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>